You're listening to Jet Nation Radio, the official podcast of JetNation.com. The largest independent fan site in the NFL. Be sure to check out our forums and talk all things Jets with thousands of other diehard Jets fans. Now to get you up to date on all the latest Jets news, notes, and quotes, here are your hosts, Dylan Terriman and Alex Barallo. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Jet Nation Radio. This is your host for the evening, Alex Barallo. Hope everybody's doing well and had a uh, safe 4th of July. It's uh, hot and the summer is here, and I've got some good news, folks. We are about five weeks away from seeing the New York Jets play some real football. That's right, five weeks away. And that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to give a little glimpse into the future. We're going to break down some of the upcoming preseason games that are on our schedule. And furthermore, I'm going to take a look at a handful of players that really need to make some strides this summer when training camp rolls around in order to not only stay on the 53-man roster, but potentially not get cut and make the practice squad team as well. Lastly, what I'd like to break down tonight is who are the players on this roster that are currently on the hot seat? Who really needs to step their game up so that they not only make this team but possibly make some waves so that if they do get cut, they have the potential to be picked up from another team to continue their career? The Jets have a lot of talent in different position groups, and at the end of the day, they can only carry 53 for the uh, complete roster, and around 10 players on their practice squad team. So decisions are going to get very, very difficult for Joe Douglas and company, and it's going to be exciting. I think this is going to be one of the better training camps, and we've had a a very, very optimistic offseason this far. I like the acquisitions that the Jets have made, and when this all plays itself out, I really do think that we're going to see a lot better product than what we've seen in recent years. But before I get too far ahead of myself here, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Miles Social. If you are a business owner and you're looking to improve your company's social media status, go to Miles Social and see what they can do for you today. All right, folks. So like I said earlier, we are five weeks away from our preseason schedule, and the Jets are going to be kicking it off on August 12th versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, this is a team that the Jets play every single year. Normally, they're the last preseason game uh, when the NFL had it structured to have four preseason games. Now they've changed some uh, rules, and starting last year, they changed it to three preseason games and 17 regular season games. So we still get 20 games on the season, except one more counts. Now, this is a very, very interesting matchup because last year the Eagles and the Jets had a joint practice. They came to New York. Uh, There was a lot of intensity. The Eagles really, really brought, uh, you know, their A game to the practice, and it definitely showed when it came down to the actual game. The Jets just did not look as physical as the Eagles, and, you know, it just definitely showed when they played up against each other. Now, just to give you a 
a glimpse of what we're going to be up against. They've got some new personnel over there. And I think the biggest threat that the Jets are probably going to have to try to maintain are the wide receiver combo of A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. Now, there is one lucky aspect here is that this is the first preseason game. So normally you don't see the starters go very, very deep into the game. I believe that's going to change due to the fact that there isn't a fourth preseason game. So we could see maybe a few series, uh, possibly the first string team being on the field for the first quarter. Uh, As the second preseason game, they'll probably play until the half, maybe get dressed up, warm up, and there's a chance in the second game that they possibly play a series in the second half. They really, really need to expedite the process on what they want to accomplish during preseason so that they're prepared when September week one rolls around. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the Jets fare. I know the Jets have been back and forth with the Eagles in preseason. I do believe they have our number as we've never beaten them in a regular season game. But uh, I think the Jets really need to come out and play well to start off the beginning of this year, even though, you know, people say preseason games don't matter. I believe that they do. There's a lot of young players that need to, you know, get under the spotlight and showcase what they can do in front of these coaches, in front of the fans, and, of course, to the other 31 teams in the NFL scouting and looking to pick up players once the roster cuts begin. Our second game is going to be against the Atlanta Falcons, and this is another interesting one, mainly due to the fact that Kimberly Martin had uh, tweeted uh, quite a long time ago when they were releasing the news for the NFL schedule that there is a rumor that the Falcons and the Jets might be doing a joint practice. Some people may like that. Some people may not. Uh, I think it does bring a little bit more of a competition to the game. Usually there's players that scrap and, you know, things can get a little dicey. We don't want it to see anyone get hurt. That's, you know, the most obvious thing. But there are times that it does bring a little something more to the practice and that will, uh, you know, get the players to get a little bit more of that Sunday vibe when they're out there because they're not going up against their teammates that clearly they're playing hard but not hard enough to injure anybody. So you bring in that next level of competition by adding, uh, you know, some an NFC team and it really, really changes the dynamic of the practice. So that'll be very, very interesting. Um, There have been some really, really crazy changes to the Atlanta Falcons. Matt Ryan is no longer on that team. As of today, Marcus Mariota is in the depth chart as QB1. They did draft Desmond Ritter, so possibly there'll be a competition. My guess is, is that we'll probably see a little bit of Marcus Mariota and then the rookie quarterback will probably take the reins and play majority of that, that game, if not the second half. So very interesting to see. These are both two teams that are now kind of in a rebuild state and they're trying to figure things out and get everything together. <clears throat> It'll definitely be interesting to see how the Jets go up against somewhat of a revamped team. Uh, the Falcons went out and got Drake London for their first round pick. He's the big six foot five wide receiver out of USC. He was rumored to go to the Jets for a very long time. Um, 
Now, I do recall the Jets played Atlanta last year, and they're, they had our number. I would have to say the biggest matchup in this game not only would be able to contain the, the big rookie, but one of their better players on their offense is Kyle Pitts. Uh, he actually had his first NFL touchdown against our defense last year. I'm sure, you know, he'll be looking to uh, capitalize once again against us. So good matchup for our defense here, seeing a mobile quarterback, a veteran. Uh, I know that the Falcons have invested a lot into their offensive line as well. So possibly a whole new dynamic, a whole different team uh, with some new targets and a new QB calling the shots. Should be a very good matchup. This will probably be the, the most time that the Jets will play. So this is an important game uh, for a lot of players on the first string and the second string so that they get this all ironed out when they're ready to uh, play games that are actually meaningful. And then lastly, uh, the Jets will be going up against their the other New York team, the New York Giants. That will be on August 28th. And I'm not sure if that's a Jets home game or a Giants home game. Regardless, it's in the same, same stadium. Uh, so it'll just be a different color, uh, you know, either blue on the outside or green on the outside. That's the only big difference I see. I think that the amount of fans that show up, it's pretty much a 50-50, maybe a 60-40 split. But it's always good to go up against the Giants. That's just our, you know, inner city com- um, competition and rival and it's always uh, makes good for bragging rights, of course. That's um, the only three games that we have on schedule for the preseason, and a lot of players are going to have to step up in that third game. The offense, the first string, I should say, is probably going to play the least amount of time, you know, maybe a series or two. Not, I don't expect a whole lot coming from the the first string or the second string, this will be the game to where you're going to want to see the players that are on the bubble that are on the verge of getting cut step up and make some plays. So with that said, let's talk about some of the players that really need to shine during August in order to make the 53 roster or the practice squad. I have a handful of players documented here. I'm going to start it off with a couple wide receivers that come to mind. One of them is the Georgia product, uh, Lawrence Cager. He's a big six foot four receiver. Uh, he's had some glimpses, but always seems to find himself, you know, coming down with a little setback injury here and there. And this is a critical season for him because there's a lot of competition for that four, five, and six spot as far as the wide receivers are concerned for the 53. And he's going to have to play his tail off if he wants to see any sort of action this year or suit up on Sundays. Now, there's a good chance that, you know, Cager doesn't make it, and then he ends up on the practice squad. We still have him on the team. In a pinch, we could always bring him and activate him up. I think that would probably be the best scenario for Lawrence Cager. Another receiver is DJ Montgomery. This is a player that really shined last year in training camp. There always seems to be one particular player that always makes plays, and stands out during the month of August, and then they kind of fizzle out, and we never really see them for the rest of the year. I have DJ Montgomery penciled in as one of those players. If I wanted to make a bold prediction here, I think that he ends up being like the sixth receiver on the team. Uh, but at this point in time, 
if he does end up not making the 53, I think he's a strong candidate to be on the practice squad. A couple more players. Uh, Elijah Riley, one of our safeties, I think he's uh, going into his second year. Uh, we picked, we scooped him up last year when a numerous amount of safeties were getting hurt. We had a lot of rotation at that position. I think this year Joe Douglas has brought in a lot of different defensive backs that not only are going to compete but could possibly put pressure on Riley for making the 53. He's another candidate that I feel that will probably be on the practice squad. If he does make it, that really, really shows that not only does the Jets scouting department and their player personnel have done a good job bringing in a player that was available on waivers and was able to come in and he made some plays in a short amount of time. I like Elijah Riley, but I just think that there's too much uh, experience in front of him that's going to keep him from seeing the field on Sundays. And lastly, I've got two edge players here. One's Bradley and I, and the other one is Bryce Huff. Now, Bryce Huff, out of everyone that I mentioned, if there was a percentage, if you want to put a percentage on all these guys, I think he has the highest percentage to make 53. He could definitely be one of the rotation pieces in the, def- in the trenches for the defensive line. He's labeled as like a linebacker edge, defensive end. You know, he can do everything up, stand up, play in the dirt. Uh, we saw sometimes last year when we were getting a lot of injuries at the linebacker position and defensive end, he was coming in, dropping into zone, doing some different things. So he's a very talented player, but I just think that there's a lot of competition in front of him, and there's an abundance of players that have not only come throughout the offseason this year, players that were injured last year that are now healthy, like Carl Lawson, and now you're also talking about a new rookie coming in from the first round, Jermaine Johnson. A lot of signs indicate that Bryce Huff really, really needs to stand out this year if he wants to see himself on that 53 list on Sunday. Now, I'm going to move to the segment here, uh, which will be our final segment of the night. It's going to be a short show. If you haven't noticed, I'm running solo tonight. A little bit of uh, you know schedule conflicts this week with me and my buddy Dylan trying to cram a full week into a four-day week definitely tough. We love having the three-day holiday, but that means we got to grind when it comes to uh, the rest of the week for our job. So he's out there making a living, working hard as usual, but we look forward to having him back next week. So who is on the hot seat? Now, I've got about maybe 12 players listed, and I think all of them really, really have a lot of pressure being put on them. And some of these guys are going to rise above it, which is great. Some of them are not going to be able to live up to it, and they may find themselves being on other teams when September rolls around. One player that we constantly talk about on the show, I think he's, his name's going to be mentioned numerous times throughout August and throughout the season. He's one of the more interesting stories on this team, and that's Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims is in a situation to where we loved him when he got drafted. Unfortunately, he got injured. We didn't get to see him till the midway point. He flashed some good things when he was under the Adam Gay system, even though that offense was absolutely terrible. Ends up getting hurt again, and we don't get to see much of him. The next year, 
We bring in a whole new regime, a whole new offense, new playbook, new coordinator, and word on the street is, is that Mims doesn't have the entire playbook memorized. He doesn't know all the positions and the routes. Apparently, if you want to be in the floor system, you have to know your job and everybody else's as well. So in year two of this system, Denzel Mims may have a competitive edge as now he knows the inner workings of this new system. He does have a lot of young competition in front of him, but the Jets did invest a second-round pick, which is a premium pick, and that's a big investment. So the Jets must like something about him, but he still has to prove himself. He was drafted by a former regime. His slate got wiped clean, and now he's got to earn it just like another rookie. So his biggest competition this year is Jeff Smith for that number four, number five spot. And also Braxton Barrett is too. Got to mention him as well. So Mims is on the verge of not being in the top four as far as the wide receivers are concerned. And if he is going to be buried, he's got to play better than Jeff Smith and Lawrence Cager and DJ Montgomery, which I mentioned before, so that he doesn't end up getting traded, cut, or possibly put on the practice squad. Now, my guess is is that the Jets cut him and he goes into waivers and they hope that he clears to make the practice squad. I 100% believe that someone's going to scoop him up. So big, big season, uh, off-season coming up for Denzel Mims when August rolls around. The next player, somebody we mentioned last week was Bryce Hall. Um, clearly, we know the situation. Um, the next man on my list is uh, Brandon Eccles. Both of these guys were our starting corners last year. They have to compete up against a first-round pick in Sauce Gardner, our free agent acquisition, DJ Reed, and then furthermore, another player that was in the mix last year, Isaiah Dunn. So between Isaiah Dunn, Bryce Hall, and Brandon Eccles, not only they're fighting for starting positions, but they may be starting for a depth spot as being the on the second or the third string. And if they don't show any progress this year, they could very be very well be seeing themselves on the way out or possibly involved in a trade. We do happen to see trades happen during training camp in August. Uh, Joe Douglas has done this in consistent years, so I definitely would anticipate some sort of deal or trade to happen throughout training camp, especially if there's a core position where someone gets hurt. The Jets have plenty of offensive talent in particular areas where they may be able to bundle something up to try to save grace. Just speculating, but I just really do feel that there will be one trade that comes out of August from the front office. The next position I'd like to talk about is the tight end and fullback. These two individuals are Trayvon Wesco and Kenny Yaboa. Both of them now are looking at their uh, tight end group and they're seeing two free agents, C.J. Uzama and Tyler Conklin, and a rookie, Jeremy uh, Ruckert, that have just come into play. So they go from being on the top of the depth chart, now possibly the number four, number five. And unless if either of these players can excel from a special teams format, I think that they, they could be possible roster cuts. If I had to guess, 
the competition between Trayvon Wesco is going to come down to can he play better than Nick Bowden, our fullback. Now you have to understand, Wesco started the season out as a fullback and then got some injuries and kind of was a healthy scratch. And before the end of the season, Nick was the full-time fullback in the running situations. So his competition is mainly going to be against Nick Bowden because we do know that in this run game kind of committee, this power zone that LaFleur likes to do, you do need a good fullback for certain plays. And I do feel that if Wesco is not able to show that he can beat out Bowden, he might find himself being cut, maybe a potential practice squad guy. Same thing with Kenny Yeboah. He's more of a tight end in my mind, a good receiving tight end. But I think with the talent that they've brought in with the two free agents and the rookie, I think all signs are leading to him possibly not being on this team when September rolls around. Next position I'd like to talk about is the nickelback, which is Javelin Gidry. He'll be going up against Michael Carter. And I'll be honest with you, between, you know, all the other cornerbacks that they have on this roster, because you have to remember that they also brought in James Hardy, which is listed as a corner, but he's a special teams captain. So if you want to count how many defensive backs that the Jets are going to carry, it's possibly going to be six or seven, which is quite a lot. And, you know, if you were going to pencil this out, you have Sawson Reed and Michael Carter as your top three. And then number four, possibly Bryce Hall. Five will be Eccles. And then for that sixth and seventh spot, you're going to have Gidry. You're going to have Isaiah Dunn. And I know that they brought in uh, one other um, corner as well last year. I just want to take a quick peek. And that was Rashad uh, Wild Goose was another one. So there's an ample amount of competition at the running back and at the nickelback position. I think that Javelin Gidry might have a little bit of an advantage over Wild Goose, but uh, he's going to have to play extremely well in order to make this team a good possibility that he ends up on the practice squad if it doesn't all work out, especially if the Jets decide to, you know, move a particular player like Hall or Eccles and maybe try them out at the nickelback position. You know, I know that the Jets really like Michael Carter II, but um, you never really know. It really does seem like the Jets were experimenting last year with their corners, and all signs show that they are really, really looking to improve this by any means. All right. A few more spots here I want to review. Um, running back, Michael Pirine. I think that his possibility and his percentage of being cut is quite high. Uh, the Jets not only drafted Michael Carter last year, but they also drafted Brees Hall this year. They brought back Tevin Coleman, and he has the most experience with this system and this scheme. So right off the bat, that, that's the, the top three backs that I can foresee. And if the Jets do decide to keep four, it would mainly be because Pirine is on a cheap rookie deal. That is the only way I could see him. Now, if the Jets are higher on, let's say, Ty Johnson, I really, really don't see him making this team. And, 
But Michael Pirine really has to excel this year, and if he wants to, you know, continue his future as a New York Jet. Last year he was buried, and even when opportunities presented themselves with Carter getting hurt and Tevin Coleman getting hurt, they went to players on the practice squad and players like Ty Johnson well before they went and brought in Pirine. I just have a feeling that kind of like Denzel Mims, he may not be a good fit for what they're looking for in this offensive system. And that was a reason why Michael Pirine was pretty much non-existent last year. So if he doesn't step it up, I think there's a decent chance that he might be gone. The next competition here, which is very interesting, is the offensive tackle. I'm not talking about George Fant and Makai Becton. I'm talking about Tuma Doga going up against free agent George Sanat, who has a lot of experience, and that's one thing that Joe Douglas has done with his depth guys. He likes to bring in players with experience that are interchangeable. And Sanat definitely brings that aspect, and he does have starting experience. So that is, you know, even though Tuma Doga does have starting experience, it's mainly been when someone goes down, and the Jets also drafted – I believe fourth round because they had two fourth round picks and that was it for them in this past uh, draft and they drafted Mitch Morse who was a starting tackle uh, starting right tackle I should say so you can see that the Jets have brought in some experience as far as Connor McGovern Lakeland Tomlinson now they're bringing in you know George Sinat they have George Dant a lot of experience there and they're only going with a couple young guys with Elijah Vera Tucker and Makai Becton. So if I had to guess anyone who's behind our current starting five, I have to say that Chuma Toga might be in jeopardy, but he does have a slight edge over Mitch Morse with his experience. Mitch Morse has not sniffed the field yet. Adoga has been on this team for a few years and he has come in and had to play numerous times at left tackle and at right tackle. That may be the only competitive edge that he has this training camp is that he has a little bit of starting experience and he's way more experienced than the rookie, but he's getting near the end of his contract and the Jets have brought in a lot of new personnel. Adogo was with the former regime. Joe Douglas is slowly pushing out all the past players and moving forward with his guys and it's possible that Doga could be one of those camp cuts. A few more players here before we close out the night. I'm going to go over to the defensive side here, and I'm going to talk about two edge players, two trench guys. We're talking about Nathan Shepard, who was signed back with the team this year, which is a very good thing for him because he could have easily just went into free agency and the Jets could have walked away. And another player is rookie Jabari Zuniga, a third-round pick from a couple years ago. Uh, he has been buried on this roster. Uh, we have not seen much of him. We got very excited looking at his film from Florida, but just have, it has not panned out like, whatsoever. And if you look at who's in the trenches, you're already talking about Jermaine Johnson coming in as a rookie, first-round pick. He's going to get time. Carl Lawson, we missed out on him last year due to his Achilles injury. So we know we're going to see him. We got John Franklin Myers and Quincy Williams. And as far as I'm concerned, that's our front four. 
Now you want to look behind that. You're talking about players like Sheldon Rankins, who's very experienced and had played well last year in the rotation. Solomon Thomas, former first-round pick, also played in San Francisco with uh, Robert Sala. So he's got experience and an advantage over some of these other players where he knows the system probably better than some of the guys that were here last year. And now just to go through a couple of the names, you've got Tanzel Smart, young player. you got Rashad Hamilcar. And then you also have the veteran, Vinnie Curry, who was signed last year, got injured, couldn't play, and the Jets kicked the tires and brought him back again. So this could be a Joe Douglas guy from his days in, with the Eagles because that was Vinnie Curry's former team. And he's probably going to make this roster due to his experience and his veteranship and his way of being able to coach up some of the young players. I think he's going to be a pivotal point in some of the growth for some of these guys. So Nate Shepard and Jabari Zuniga, they better be working their tail off and coming every single day to training camp and bringing their A game because if they don't, we may not be seeing them in green when September comes. Last defensive player I want to talk about, who I believe is on the hot seat. Some people may not believe this, but I think it's at um, Ashton Davis. Uh, the Jets have come in and brought in Jordan Whitehead, which we believe is a, an, a starter. They brought back LaMarcus Joyner, who the Jets were really, really excited about. They wanted to see what he looked like last year. He ends up getting hurt for the entire year, just like Carl Lawson. And I wholeheartedly believe that the Jets are going to go with Whitehead and Joyner in their starting roster, and it'll be a rotation. Now, you also have guys like Will Parks out there, and now you talk about Elijah Riley, who I mentioned before, and now you throw in Ashton Davis, you know, and uh, the rookie, Jason Pinnock, a player in which DJ Bianami, who was on our show a few weeks ago, had labeled him as his sleeper to watch out for, his size, his physicality, and his coverage ability from his experience playing corner in Pittsburgh definitely does not go unseen with Robert Sala in this defense here. So I honestly believe that if Jason Pinnock is the guy that's going to step up and be the sleeper out of this defensive backfield, Ashton Davis really, really needs to stand out the most out of all of these safeties just to stay in the rotation. And it's quite possible that if he doesn't place, you know, at his top best ability, he could be one of those candidates that end up getting traded. Just a possibility. It's an early prediction for me about Davis. You know, at this point, he's ahead of Jason Pinnock just for his experience and, and playing the safety position more so than Pinnock. But at the end of the day, worst-case scenario for him is he's the number four. Best-case scenario for him, I think he's going to be the number three man as far as, you know, Whitehead's number one. Number two would be LaMarcus Joyner. And then three will be a, a very, very good competition between Ashton Davis, uh, Elijah Riley, and Jason Pinnock. All right, so our last position group of the evening and this is our kicker spot now this is a very interesting situation because the Jets 
have had some struggles trying to find a consistent kicker over the last few years. We've seen a lot of names rotated. We've seen players get let go, players get moved up. Uh, We had a player that came on last year. He played one week, didn't do so well. He got cut the following week. And then we got Eddie Pinheiro, who I came up with the name of, with Steady Eddie, because he had a little bit of a streak to where he had had consecutive field goals, one after the other after the other. And we looked like we finally found somebody that was capable of doing the job. And I really thought that he was going to come into this season. Maybe they'd bring in one no-name kicker just to – for him, someone for him to hang out with, more or less. And what do they do? They go out and they sign Greg the Legs Erline. Now, Greg is one of the more experienced kickers in this league. Now, statistically, his numbers aren't as great as what they used to be, but that's what the Jets really need. They need somebody that has been in this position and knows what it feels like to be under the pressure. Pinheiro is very, very raw. I'm sure he's extremely hungry and he wants to, you know, do whatever it takes to, to make this team and be the starting kicker. But you're talking about a player that has had, that has nearly 10 years of experience starting back in, in uh, 2012. And, you know, he spent eight years with the Rams, two years with Dallas. But, at the end of the day, you're talking about a guy that's hit 151, has played 151 games and has an 82.9% career average. That's phenomenal as far as I'm concerned. Oh, forgive me, I had to clear my throat there. But it's going to be quite, you know, a back and forth battle, I feel, and I would have been comfortable with Eddie Pinheiro, but bringing in someone like Zerloin, I really don't think that there's no reason why the Jets wouldn't want to go forward with a player with his experience. And, you know, they, they're not paying – they don't pay these guys a lot of money. So, you know, in the event that they have to let one of them go, it's not going to kill us on salary cap. But I do think it's a little interesting, um, you know, one day, you know, Eddie Pinheiro, steady Eddie is the man – the next thing you know, he's got a player that goes by Legatron and Greg the Leg because he can he just crushes balls from the outside. I mean, we're talking about a player that's hit almost seventy um I said seventy attempts from the fifty fifty plus yards and he's nailed thirty eight of them and he's hit sixty five field goals at at forty five plus yards. So as far as the distance is concerned, that's your, you know, your, your race basically in the hole. If your offense stumbles out and fizzles out and you got to, you know, and it's a, the difference between, okay, trying to punt and pin a team back inside the 10-yard line or take a chance for that three points from 45 yards out, Greg the leg is that guy you want on the field. So I think the last player on this roster that will be in the hot seat will be Eddie Pinheiro. And everything's going to come down to, how well he shows in camp, and then if there's any mistakes that are shown in preseason, it'll pretty much determine his fate, and there's a good chance that Steady Eddie might be looking for a new home come September. Ladies and gentlemen, 
I want to thank you for coming in. I uh, can feel my voice weakening, so I'm going to close it out here. A little tough talking for about 40 minutes without stop and no co-host, but uh, we got through it. Another week in the books here. As of next week, we will be under a month to actually watching football. I know training camp is coming up in August, so that's right around the corner. Really looking forward to uh, seeing what the Jets have going on at camp and, and those open practices. I know they haven't released the dates yet. Hopefully they will soon so that we can all start penciling those in and uh, would love to meet some of our listeners and fellow fans at those practices. Um, Just one of the more exciting times of the year just to, you know, see the guys out in the field getting ready to go to battle on Sunday. Everyone, please do not hesitate to go to JetNation.com. You have to get to the forum non-stop Jets conversation there, number one NFL fan forum in the league. And don't forget to download our app as well. You'll get access to our articles, the YouTube videos that are coming out by Glenn and Greenbean, and not only that, Jet Nation Radio as well. So everybody, thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great week. Stay safe. We will see you next week, Tuesday, 6.30 p.m. on Jet Nation Radio. Everyone be well, and as always, let's go Jets. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Jet Nation Radio. Glenn is at AceFan23, and Alex is at NYJetsLife24. Until next time, go Jets! Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.